Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Uh, seven minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. How are you? Is everybody uh, happy to be here? It's Thursday. The weekend's right around the corner, man. And the phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Another one of those days where I had something completely different I was going to go start off with. But I got a James, uh, uh, my intrepid producer here, just to whispered something in my ear. And I hadn't seen this story out of UT. Now, before I get there, uh, Trey and I were just talking on, on Ware and Rima about how both of us individually, when we're prepping stuff, have to cut around three. I, I cut anywhere from two to three tranny stories a day. Because every day there are half a dozen tranny stories. I mean, if you're, if you're in the news business, you know, you understand the news cycle. And you got the big, I call them the big chunky stories of any given day. It's what most people are talking about, or it's impactful, or it's breaking news, or what have you. I personally go on the air every day with about six topics, six news stories I could possibly talk about. Uh, and routinely I am cutting stories that are trans stories because there's just too damn many of them. Uh, just now, I, I was kind of checking in with uh, a couple of news sites that I that I follow. Yes, Fox News is one of them, and I'll talk about that later. And the lead story on Fox News at this particular moment is cycling governing body defends transgender participation rules. Uh, after uproar, Austin Killips won the tour of the Gila overall category over the weekend. He's a dude. He's a hairy-ass dude. Lead story. Uh, and I was going to kind of go with that and get the tranny crap out of the way at the very beginning of the show, man. Uh, but then James told me about this UT thing, and I'm just seeing this. I didn't know this is one that got by me, and maybe I'm starting to numb out a little to the tranny thing, but I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, this is a largely a university phenomenon, as I understand it, but they're starting to spell the word woman and women differently because uh, when you say women, it ends in the word men, and when you say woman, it ends in the word man. And men are horrible. <laughs> they're toxic and racist. All right? So we can't say women anymore because you got you got to. So they're they're respe- So at the at UT they're gonna. Sp- this is a university. This is a vast, big ass, big honking, iconic American university. Higher education. It used to be when I was growing up, and you thought about colleges. Well, that's where the really smart people go, right? <laughs> that's where people go to get educated. But at UT, they're now going to spell the word women, W-I-M-M-I-N. So this is, this is real. I got this from twi- uh, I, some Wall Street Journal, I think. Dr- uh, James, you said it was on Fox. <coughs> women, W-I-M-M-I-N, so the students and faculty can, uh, quote, avoid the word ending in men. This apparently is empowering for women, according to UT. 
white supremacy, the belief system that underlies the concept of whiteness, a historically based, institutionally perpetuated system of exploitation and oppression of continents, nations, and individuals of color by white individuals and nations of the European continent to maintain and defend a system of wealth, power, and privilege. That's the definition of white supremacy right underneath that. W-I-M-M-I-N, a non-standard spelling of the word woman used by feminists to avoid the word ending men. Then they, then they define woke for you. Rooted in black activist culture, it means you're educated and aware, even though you're misusing the word woke. Wrong tense. Sorry. Especially about injustice, injustice, Representative Maxine Waters, who was a freaking idiot, has told you young people to, quote, stay woke. Okay, again, all you people who are using the word woke, you're using it improperly. I know grammar is yet another pillar of the white establishment. <laughs> no worries. Most of you aren't grammatically correct, so you're not participating in the white supremacy and in the uh, Caucasian establishment, because most of your grammar sucks. I'm not talking to you people listening to me. I mean them. I mean the jerks, the morons, the liberal pukes. So now a a uh, and this is uh, not this is not new. Uh, Northwest Missouri State University uh, is spelling women W O M Y N X. Womenix. Because uh, that went over so, the Latin, the Latinx thing went over so well with the Hispanic community, man. They just embraced the hell out of that, didn't they? To the tune of like, well, I think like 3%. Most people find it really deeply offensive because, again, white people are coming up with this stuff. And apparently dudes are coming up with uh, the new label for women. And what do you care about what women think anyway? What, is, what does UT care about what women think? And Because if it ain't a dude in a dress... You're just dealing with Nazi feminists, you know, all this women's rights stuff and fairness and sports and Title IX. It's so hateful. But we don't want, we want to empower women who we can't even freaking define uh, uh, with with changing, coming up with some dumbass, uh, you know, nonsensical spelling of a word. So the what? Biological women won't feel bad? Or they'll be empowered? Again, apart from the fact that, you know, a college spelling the word woman, W-I-M-M-O-N, apart from just the vast stupidity of that, uh, this idea that they give a crap about empowering women, well, not if you're running against her or swimming against her, you don't care. Not if a biological woman dares to say there's only two genders and dares to say that some dude uh, who claims to have a period ain't getting one. Then they'll kick your ass. Then dudes will beat you up. Ladies, be careful what you say about dudes in dresses because they'll beat you up if you say something they don't like. And you could spell women however the hell you want to spell women. I'm tired of people misspelling anything. It's like uh, everything. It's like this guy yesterday, Dion. See the spelling on his name? D-E-I-O-N. We live in a world right now where people think that if you misspell something, it makes it more interesting. And that stuff has now found its way into the whole tranny trip that everybody's on right now. 
Uh, and frankly, I bet you there are a couple of Karens. Uh, Trey's been slinging that word around. Karens, white, you know, white liberal chicks are, in fact, the worst people in the world sometimes. Can't you just see a bunch of hairy armpitted Karens over at UT? Self-important, sanctimonious weirdos. You know, probably haven't had a date in five years. Sitting there. Let's spell women. W-I-M-M-O-N. Then we don't have to say men because then the word ends with mon. Because that makes sense. I'm just I'm tired of it. I'm 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 just it's it's again, there are times where I wake up. I you know, ten years ago you wouldn't have had this discussion. Tw- Fifteen years ago, half this stuff, if you'd have brought up the idea of, of seven year olds uh having the wherewithal to decide if they want their genitals removed, people would have thought you were nuts. Sorry, that was a bad image, bad metaphor. You know what I'm saying. The fact that we even have this discussion, these kinds of discussions, is bewildering to me. The person who thinks it makes perfect sense to empower women by spelling the word women differently, okay, that's a college-educated, grown-ass adult who thinks that makes sense. And one thing I've learned over the past uh, 48 hours, and I'm not going to go into details because it's, it's stuff from my personal life and, you know, whatever. I don't want to tell, tell tales out of church. It's not anybody I know. But, you know, this whole white supremacy thing came up in my life just as a conversation. Uh, I had a buddy of mine also, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, about a year ago, and the stuff was really kicking into high gear who's an East Coast liberal, and he was saying, God, I wish I could scrape the white off my body. I'm so ashamed. Serious. And somebody brought up uh, white supremacy, uh, you know, in a conversation uh, yesterday. I, what, what, what is beginning to worry me is that my assumption is that most people are reasonable and most people hate this stuff. Whether they vocalize their opposition to it or they do not, uh, we live in an era right now where if you utter the wrong opinion, it might come back to haunt you or bite you on the ass. So maybe a lot of my thought is that a lot of people think this stuff is ludicrous and are just keeping silent about it. I don't know so much. I don't know anymore. I, I'm not so sure. I may be wrong. Again, I'm not talking about you. You listen to talk radio, so you're different. You you. Already, I know by virtue of the fact that you're here, that you're you're following and paying attention, and you have a vested interest in understanding how the word world works and what's going on right now. But just in the past twenty four hours, let's say, I've encountered or encountered through other people at least two people who are grown ass adults who uh, believe white supremacy and white privilege is at the heart of all of our issues here in America, whatever it may be. Uh, and the climate change thing, it's, it's just a done deal. People accept without question that there is something going on with the climate and it's real and it's destroying people's lives, especially black and brown and lesbian people. And they believe it absolutely without question. I think there are more of those folks out there than we realize. And you know what? That scares me. And I'll tell you why this country very well may go down the toilet, may go down the tubes. Okay, I don't know. We we may become something other on the other side of this thing than what we are or what we were intended to be. And you know what's really sad about it? It's going to happen because of stupid people. Okay, morons will destroy this country. Just 
being morons. What do you think about that? 210-599-5555. Am I making any sense at all? 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550. KTSA. What happens next in the world of news happens here. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back 24 minutes after 9. I'm Sean. There's so much tranny crap out there. You know, I'm, I'm almost to the point now where, you know, as a professional commentator, I'm almost like, do I want to participate in this? Do I even want to validate this in any way, shape, or form by even talking about this stuff? I mean, I'm actually starting to work out in my mind, in my noggin. Do I, when these stories pop up, maybe I'll just get to the point where I'll stop talking about it at all. Because you know what? If a lot of people just stop talking about it, stop getting, giving it so much attention, go away. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and personally, I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of validating this delusion and that's what it is. It's a freaking, you're freaking, you know, I, I don't care if you want to make a life choice to live as the opposite gender, knock yourself out, man. I don't care. All right. Uh, but it, it's, it's in your face every single day, man. I mean, my God. Uh, and, and it's, 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 it's being, and I'll use myself as kind of the getting, it's being forced into my world to think of me like you, it's being forced into my world where I got to be responsible for how you refer to yourself. I have to be cool with, uh, dudes with mustaches, uh, beating women and competitive female sports. Yeah. I have to deal with the asinine respelling of words and made up labels for people like two spirits. You know, I got sitting. In other words, it's not just about you living your life now. You're pushing it into everybody's world. You're pushing it into our school libraries. You're pushing it with these drag shows for kids. Which, Mike, what in the hell is wrong with you, man? And it's unfreaking relenting. And there's a part of me that says that wants to just shut up about it. You know what? There's a major tranny story. I'm going to act like it didn't happen. Why? The other side does that all the time. They do that all the time. When it's stuff that they don't, they feel uncomfortable with or which is critical, that may be critical of their worldview or their agenda uh, in the national media right now, it just doesn't get covered. It goes away. Why do you think they, they spent zero time talking about the immigration status of this piece of crap who shot up this family? This nine-year-old kid. It's an inconvenient truth. They don't want to validate stuff that is critical of their agenda. So maybe I should start doing the same thing and just not talking about trans issues in any way, shape, or form. Act like it's not going on. Because in my personal life, it's kind of where I am. If you're a dude in a dress and come up to me, I don't care. <laughs> I just It's kind of where I am in general <laughs> about a lot of nonsense in life right now. I just don't freaking care. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not. We're not kidding when we say we have to cut tranny stories on a daily basis because there's just simply not enough time to get to them all. And who the hell wants to sit and talk about tranny crap for four hours a day? I'm done, man. I'm done. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Okay. Uh, also, it's intergalactic Star Wars Day. Being a lifelong Trekkie, uh, when I get back, I'm going to mock people uh, who are middle-aged people who still sling around lightsabers. Talk about the Force. Hey, the Mandalorian season that's currently airing right now. The the last Mandalorian 
season sucked, man. It's horrible. I'm all t- I, 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 Mandalorian gave me some hope. Now it's sucking too, man. So we'll talk about Star Wars versus Star Trek when we get back. It'll be a tranny-free break when we uh, return. Info at your beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA. Luke, I'm your freaking dad. Go get a job. News Talk 550 KTSA. Okay, you're moving out of the Death Star by the end of the week. I'm tired of carrying your Jedi ass. I'm sorry. 210-599-5555. It's 938. It's May the 4th be with you. Um, I'm going to talk to Pat real quick, and then we'll talk about Star... You know, it, look... I said this to Trey, and you know, and I said there, there are two kinds of people, right, guys? You know, there's people who are who are Lennon fans, and there are people who are McCartney fans, right? There are people who are Michael Jackson fans, and people who are Prince fans, and the Prince fans are right. People, you know, they they are loyal to certain things. Sci-fi nerds, of which I am one. I am a science fiction nerd. I love space movies and space books. Okay, it's star, but Star Trek versus Star Wars. People who are really into Star Trek don't tend to like Star Wars. People who are really into Star Wars don't tend to like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's the thing. All right. I'm a Trekkie. And and I'm I'm the legit I'm original Trekkie in that okay, I'm I'm an OT in that it's the original cast, the original series. I don't like the next generation, which was basically yuppies in space. I, I don't you know, and there's so many freaking series now I can't keep up with them. But the original Star Trek TV show and the movies yeah, badass, man, okay? Star Wars came along in, uh, 19, in the mid-70s, 1977, and I'll grant you the first two movies were amazing, especially The Empire Strikes Back. It was a great flick. Right. One of my fondest memories, my brother took me to see Star Wars for the first time on the big screen. Right. I was 10. He was stoned off hash. It was great. I wasn't. I was 9, but he, 10. But he, you know, he was watching my brother just... Right. <sighs> You know, he just it was almost overwhelming for him. So yeah. first and, and that act alone encouraged you to avoid any type of illicit drug use. So Yeah. You know, we're thankful. Anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched uh, Star Wars later in in life when I was about nineteen and I was stoned off ash. And yeah. I was like, Oh, it's a great flick. Yeah. Anyway, the first two movies were great. I'm sorry, every movie they put out from Jedi on has sucked. Okay, the middle trilogy was horrible. Hayden, where'd they get that guy? I mean, the guy couldn't freaking act. They didn't have anybody. Liam Neeson and Ewan were the only guys in the entire franchise that could act. And then the last three they put out a few years ago royally sucked. The Force takes a nap or whatever, or wakes up from lunch. I don't know what it was. They they forced us to go see it, Jack, Trey, and I, uh, when the movie premiered. And, uh, you know. There's nothing more sad than watching Jack Riccardi having to sit through a Star Wars movie. It's just it's it's it makes you cringe. You got the impression he wasn't interested. No, I, yeah, kind of, you know. Right. And and Trey doesn't. He's not a Star Wars fan. Uh, but I'm the, surprised you got him to sit still that long. There might have been tequila involved. I don't okay. remember. Anyway, uh, you know. So I think the first two movies are great. But again, I was a freaking kid. By the time Jedi came out, I'm like, what? They're all related. 
what are they, the intergalactic trailer trash? What, that's his sister and they're kissing on each other? You know, I just, I thought it was stupid. Why wasn't the cantina band playing banjos? Come on. I'm ser- I mean, look, they're separated by vast distances in space, and yet they're all freaking related, like they're, they're taking up three trailers at the local park, you know? I mean, come on. Down by the river? I just, I thought the movies were stupid. I've, Star Trek, let's face it, is smarter than Star Wars. All it's right, a smart right. show. I mean, I can't, it's I can't philosophical. Anymore. What? Oh, oh no. Star Trek Save the Whales movie? That was classic. No, I'm not saying that they, they screwed up when they killed off Spock and then Leonard Nimoy wanted to be back in the franchise, so they took him three freaking movies to get him back. But once they got over that, James, the whale movie was stupid. I grant you that. That was dumb. But in general, wouldn't you say that Star Trek is for brainier people than Star Wars? It, uh-huh. People tend to be smarter, James, when they're watching Star Trek. Than well, then why didn't John Williams do their soundtrack? Look, it's... Uh, it's because he knows Star Wars is a better franchise. John Williams is a prostitute. He'll do soundtracks <laughs> for any movie. What movie hasn't he done a soundtrack for? All right. James Horner's Star Trek II soundtrack was some of the finest classical music I've ever heard. John Williams, John Schmillions. I'm so bored. He's... <laughs> Harrison Ford hates that damn music. You know, so I, I, anyway, I'm just saying, you know, love Star. I know David Van Camp's a Star Wars guy, too, right? Isn't he into Star Wars? Yeah. You guys have lightsabers you bought online that you play with and stuff. Gonna... I know grown-ass adults who buy lightsabers online. Oh, you wanted a Star Trek stun gun phase, set it to phase or whatever. I was nine. All right, I wasn't 40. I'm just saying. Star Trek is better, that's all. So this will Star just Trek be is better. our eternal riff that we'll, we will well, always Well, you have. can be eternally wrong, and I'll be eternally right, because Star Trek is better. It's just better, James. It's, it's just, just it's so much better. So much better that people don't go see it, and it doesn't make any money like Star Wars. Well, you know, the best movies nobody goes to see. That's why they win Oscars. They should okay? show it in an art Because they're artsy-fartsy. Show it at the Bijou. I'll go see them at the Bijou, <laughs> and I'll eat smoked oysters while I watch it, okay, buddy? With my pinky out, because it's Star Trek. and smart and refined. Oh, my God. Fight me. Come on. Call me up. 210-599-5555. Star Trek is smarter than Star Wars, right? The Mandalorian was great. I loved The Mandalorian for the first three seasons. Did you see Rogue One? Ah, that movie sucked. I did watch that. I think that's one of the best ones out of all of them. Oh, come on. CGI Peter Cushing. What an abomination. They blow up the planet at the end. It's not a happy ending. Why was Leia floating? Okay, does anybody know why Leia was floating? She has the force. She was floating. She has the force in her. I never saw Kenobi float. I'm just saying. So here's something to make you both (laughs) both mad. What? I care about. I care less about either one. Of them. He doesn't care either way. Well, well, you know, I did. When we I, were watching Star Trek and Star Wars, he was like having date night and yeah, watching Tootsie. producing other human beings. What's well, that? He was watching Tootsie. So you're not, but you're not. It hey, wasn't Gina Davis in that movie. <laughs> anyway, so you were not into any. any no, I, you know, I I kind of liked the the TV series Star Trek right. when I was a kid. You know, right. it was on after school, and I would, you know, I thought it was interesting. Right. But I, to be honest with you, I have seen one movie from either franchise. <laughs> And and they were both movies that the average hardcore fan of either franchise thinks is terrible. Which ones? The the Star Wars movie, the only one I've watched start to finish was one of the more recent ones. Ugh, they're they, horrible. Where they killed Harrison Ford. No, that movie sucked. Oh, well, that's the one we had to go see for the for the station. Maybe, I don't remember. Before uh, scratches his ass or whatever it was called? It was one at the end where Mark Hamill shows up. He's on like the yeah, Rocket at the very end. Yeah, it was oh, that was awesome. Oh, I couldn't stand it.
Couldn't wait to get I'll out get of to you, mister. Yeah. I can't believe you just said that. All right, go I ahead. I went to Don. see it at Alamo Draft House, and I got so drunk I could barely stand up. <laughs> and then I saw the, the, the Star Trek movie. I believe it may have been the fifth one. Oh, no, not the final frontier. Where they go talk to God. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that one admittedly and was I went horrible. To, I went to see that with... That's the one Shatner directed. I went to see that with, with three or four uber nerds Say, just to sit and watch this movie. And they were, like, going on about how terrible it was. And that's was, a bad movie. And I was laughing my ass off. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. It's so stupid. Yeah. That and the whale movie are... Were, most Trek fans try to act like that didn't happen. They were insulted <laughs> by the whole thing. It's, it is insulting. And I, I was rolling. I was laughing. <sighs> The jet boots. Oh, God. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So and you, I mean, that, and that you, was... you hoorah belly dancing right. on a sand dune, you know. Uh, I'm not saying Star Trek's perfect. Just saying it's a little bit better than Star Wars. That's all I'm And I saying. don't remember why I didn't go to see Star Wars when it came out in the movie theaters. I, I Again, you probably had a date. and uh, well, you know, I was you know, only nine. I didn't start dating until I was ten. So? Oh, uh, ten. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you the year I, before. I held off until the premiere of Greece. The following year, see but, how you are. But um, yeah, I don't really remember why I didn't go see it. But all right, well, I'm gonna we're gonna take a break, and we got I got some call. Got oh, Bill you got here. lines on this. People want to get down on the discussion. Star Trek versus Star Wars. I'm just saying, it, it, I'm, I got nothing personal against Star Wars. I'm just right. saying, Star Trek's a little better. <laughs> just like our Capitol <laughs> building in Austin is just a little taller than the one in DC. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is just a Little better. Two one zero five nine fifty five fifty five. Such a nerd. It's well that my wife James. She would look at both of us with eyes rolling big time. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. News that moves you. On my way to work. They're great reporting. They have interesting stories. The personalities. Catch Ware and Rima weekdays starting at seven a.m. Well, they cover everything in depth, nationally, internationally, and stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. I'm Sean High. May the fourth day. May the 4th be with you day, so we're talking about Star Wars, and we're talking about Star Wars versus Star Trek. Thought I'd give you a little bit of a break from Armageddon, you know, and the end of Western civilization as we know it, crime in the streets, an open border, which is about to get a thousand times worse, fentanyl, and trannies up the yin-yang. So we're talking about <laughs> Star Trek versus Star Wars. And I'm going to take a quick phone call here. Here's Jay. Jay, how you doing? Good, and you? Good man, what's on your brain? What's on your brain? I am a Star Trek fan. See, Big it's time. because you're smart. Yep. You're a little right. smarter than everybody else, aren't you? Yes, sir. Because you watch and Star you Trek. You know that if you watch certain episodes, you'll know that instead of art uh, imitating life, it's the other way around. Since oh yeah. Pandemic. Since it's a pandemic, I've watched so many movies where. In the 90s, things were going on that are happening right now. Right. And I get the feeling that the leftists have watched all those movies and are turning it into life. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate the idea. I got to run. I'm trying to get some. I, I understand what you're saying. There Certainly, Star Trek was prescient in a few things like the communicators we now, you know, Shatter did a great, did a great show. Uh, about 15 years ago on A&E, uh, it was called How William Shatner Changed the World. 
And it, it was a series, a limited run series that showed how Star Trek influenced things like uh, space exploration. First shuttle was called what? The Enterprise, if I remember correctly. Uh, cell phone usage, AI, a lot of that stuff was pr- uh, was predicted in Star Trek. Uh, and I, I'm being kind of a jerk about Star Wars. I was just as much a Star Wars fan the first quarter of my life as anybody else. But James, I something you did say I, I will bring up. Okay, it was cool when Luke Skywalker came in, when old-ass Mark Hamill came in at the end of The Force Gets Up From a Nap. My biggest complaint with that was, dude, and, and tell me that I'm not being, that you don't agree, okay? It's been 40 years. You have Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Peter Mayhew, the guy who plays Chewie, got them all up for the same movie, right? After they be, they were this iconic, uh, these these iconic film characters from 1977 and all through the 80s. And your choice is to not put them all in one scene together. Okay, you get through the whole stinking movie, and there's there's Mark Hamill in his freaking Jedi bathrobe at the very end, not saying a damn thing. James, they could have had one scene where you had all of them together. That was squandered. Now, tell tell me you didn't want to see Mark Hamill in a scene with Harrison Ford and, and Carrie Fisher. That would have been cool. Okay. That would have been cool. You're not saying much. I, I, okay. He's holding back. I know you're holding back. Harrison, uh, I think he only took the movie because they. <laughs> oh, R2D2, shut up. That's what I, anyway, have, um... that's what I have to say. <laughs> you know, Harrison Ford was funny about that whole thing because they said, uh, they asked him if, you know, they begged him to do it and they had to do a lot of negotiating to get Harrison to sign on for it. He's like, I'll do it, but you got to kill Han. Because <laughs> he didn't want to be in any more movies. Yeah. It was a great interview with, uh, I forget, one of the late night guys. And they were like, what did you think when you read the script? He's like, script? I didn't read the script. I read the contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't care what was in the script. I just, I love the first two movies. The Mandalorian, I thought, the first, did you like The Mandalorian? I only saw the first season. The first the three seasons of that were great. And it was kind of like the Star Wars we always wanted to see. Because I could see stormtroopers like talking like two dudes at work. They made it very real. It was very adult. And then they just went haywire in this last season. Uh, where are we? Very quickly, Joshua. Very quickly. What's on your brain? Hey, I just wanted to say I like both Star Trek and Star Wars for different reasons. Star Trek gets you more intellectually and makes you think. Star Wars, you're just there for the fantasy and the fun. But uh, you have to agree that both Star Trek and Star Wars, the new stuff they've done, they've totally ruined both franchises. I agree. Joshua's non-binary. He goes both Star Trek and Star Wars. Weirdo. (laughs) He is right, though, about what he just said. (laughs) Picard. Come on. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back and talk about some actual news uh, when we get back. Uh, You know, we all were watching the coverage yesterday of this guy uh, in Atlanta, and uh, we'll talk about uh, the border and all kinds of cool stuff coming up. It's Sean, uh, plus we'll make some Lizzo fat jokes up next on News Talk 550. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. 
News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. And Pat, I know she's been on hold for a long time. Pat, just hold on for a couple more minutes. I'm going to go to you here very, very soon. Uh, But i got to tell you about this. Um, There's a group uh, that is, they they call themselves a religious liberty group, but they're really anti-religious. They're anti-religion, let's put it that way. It's called the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. And they're working with a law firm, uh, shockingly enough, called Yetter Coleman. I, I mean, shocking that they've got a law firm that's supporting them in this. But they've sent a letter to the Department of Health and Human Services this week. Uh, And they're concerned about a a, a Catholic hospital in Oklahoma. Uh, They're they're so concerned about it that, again, they've contacted contacted the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, It's it's the St. Francis Health System that uh, is is uh, having an issue right now with the Beckett Fund. And the issue is apparently in a Catholic hospital in their chapel, uh, they have a candle. It's, they got a lit can- they got candles that are, they got a candle, one candle that is lit. The, and in fact, the Joint Commission from the Department of Health and Human Services is also demanding this. They they want St. Francis, the St. Francis Health System, to snuff out all the candles in their chapels because they say they're a, a safety risk. Uh, the Beckett Fund, I guess, feels that uh, this is a crossing of the line somehow of, of, uh, of uh, religion and, and the state. St. Francis Health System is the 12th largest hospital in this country. They had an inspection in February, and there was one candle uh, at St. Francis Hospital South in one chapel in this entire medical system that was lit. And uh, they are now being threatened uh, with losing their ability to accept Medicare and Medicaid if they don't put that candle out. Uh, The letter by the Beckett Fund maintains that the law requires flames to be, uh, quote, placed in a substantial candle holder and supervised at all times they are lighted. Uh, for its part, the hospital uh, has asked the agency uh, about half a dozen times, four times for a waiver regarding the candle. They're a Catholic hospital, man. Uh, you know, th- this is, uh, uh, this is, this, what, what the hell, man? Now, you know, I don't care how you feel about the Catholics or no. Most of you probably are Catholics. Uh, I don't care, you know, your fancy schmancy ideas on the separation of church and state because you know what? Most people are absolutely full of crap when it comes to the separation of church and, st- church and state, which really doesn't freaking exist. All the founding documents say, the Federalist Papers or whatever you're dealing with, all they say is that the state cannot establish a religion. In other words, they can't put your ass in jail if you don't go to the state-run church. There is no state-run church. 
folks like this Beckett Fund, they, what they've done is they've, they've, they've blurred the lines between that idea that the man can't tell you which church to go. It's all now about appearance. If you, if you give the appearance. So if you're in a Catholic uh, hospital and you see a St. Jude candle or a Sacred Heart candle uh, in the chapel and it's burning, they make the argument that somehow that's a government establishment of religion, which is a bunch of crap. Now, the other thing that gets me about this uh, has to do with personal experience. Now, first off, I've, I've been in almost every hospital in this town. Most of them were religious institutions, St. Luke's, Methodist. Uh, and when, I'm in the, when I was in those hospitals, I saw all kinds of religious iconic, icons. I, I saw state, you know, Bible verses on the walls. You know what? I was fine with it. Even if I, you know what? If you're in the hospital and, and something serious is going down, and you and you're non-religious, and it truly bothers. Something happens inside of you. You see a candle, a, a, a votive in a in a chapel, and that besets your mind. Okay, you're you're the one with the issue because at that particular moment, your primary concern should be getting out of the hospital. <laughs> now, I, I'm a Christian, so I was fine with all the religious stuff at Methodist and St. Luke's. All right. But maybe at different times during my stay in the medical system of San Antonio, you could have had freaking pentagrams all over that hospital. I wouldn't have given a crap. Just bring on the morphine and get the operation over so I can go to hell, go the hell home. I didn't get, you could have had goat's heads on pikes. It wouldn't have mattered to me. You, you know what I mean? Is this really, this is what we're worried about? We can arrange that next time you're hospitalized. Probably, I wouldn't care, man. Right. You going to fix me? Okay. And look, let's look at it from the opposite, from the other side too. Oh my God, I love it when people who have nothing to do with the situation, like uh, these these atheists or anti-religion people or whoever they are, and they roll into a situation as intimate and personal as a hospital, because med- our medical care is arguably the most intimate thing that we, the relationship we have with society, is our medical stuff. Medical stuff that affects everything, right? If you ain't got that, you ain't living. Literally, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll roll into a situation and start telling people what they can and cannot have there. I can tell you again, from all my experiences, uh, both with me and my daughter, the man, those chapels meant everything. Being able to go to a chapel in a hospital for some people is what they need to get through that experience or that day, whether they're a family member or there's somebody actually going through it. And for these bunch of nimrods to roll in and start saying, well, you can't have a candle in your chapel because it's a violation of something. It's like, why don't you mind your own business? Well, let me ask them this question. Who owns the chapel? <laughs> right. They can put whatever they want in That's, there. It's a, it's a Catholic you church. You could put a pinata a in well, You could put a pool table in there if you wanted it's to. A, right. Hey, they're Catholics. They might want a pool hey, table why, in know, there. Maybe a little bingo or something. Maybe some draft beer. I yeah, don't know. Some knows? bingo. But, I'm know, just... Why don't you just march off to Lowe's and say, you know what, you can't wear blue vests anymore. Right, well, it's right. you can't write blue vests. It's offensive to people right. who are colorblind and, colorblind and they can't see your vest. Yeah. So therefore, ergo thus, you can't wear any vests. Go to, go to Walmart and tell them that inside the store they have to remove any mention of the name Walmart from the walls. <laughs> you know, but it's a point well taken. It's like, what? What? See, again, I, I said this on Wear and Rima, and, I, and this is true, okay? I am so sick of everybody else's point. Everybody's got a freaking point to make. 
This guy in Atlanta yesterday had a bug up his ass about something. He had a point to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you got people who, you know, do their little TikTok videos and they're pissed off because somebody mispronounced their pronoun or something and they got a point to make. These people are going after a, a votive candle in a Catholic chapel at a Catholic hospital because they got a freaking point to make. Mm-hmm. And Don and J- James, I from this point forward, I would like my life to be as pointless as possible. I, I don't even like my own points anymore. Well, you're in the right industry. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Point Don. Yeah. <laughs> I want a nice, yeah. calm, pointless existence, man. Sick of everybody's freaking point. Anyway, two one zero. Let's talk to Pat here. I've had her on hold forever. Pat, how you doing? Well, this was more relevant when I called forty five minutes ago, but uh, well, life sucks. That's the way it goes. Sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes you don't. I'm the, sorry. <laughs> I saw the Peter and Wendy movie with my daughter yesterday. It's oh wow! Fairly new Disney movie, right? And. Uh, uh, Tinkerbell was black. Right. Uh, uh, the Lost Boys had girls <laughs> in it, in the Lost Boys. <laughs> right, right. And um, at the end, uh, we found out that the wa- reason Hook and Peter hate each other so much is they were childhood friends. Oh, come on. Yes, yes, childhood friends. Uh... And uh, Hook chose to grow up and leave, and Peter stayed mm. at Neverland as right. a child. And um, uh, so that's why they hated each other. <laughs> and so at the end, they apologized to each other. Oh, no, stop it! Yes, ah. yes. And, and there was also a girl that, that helped in some of the parts, and she was an American Indian. Of course. <laughs> Of course. They talk some crap and, about how uh, awful, and, and, evil white colonials, colonialists, yeah, colonialists yeah. are. And uh, which uh. is the first time I ever knew that Neverland had American Indians. <laughs> and <laughs> it doesn't freaking <laughs> exist. But uh, oh my god, she rode a horse and uh, she they showed her right at the end. Uh, they showed her sitting around a campfire with some other uh, other Indians in, uh, in Neverland. It was just. It was just Incredible what Ugh. they did to this movie. I'm, I'm so sick of it. It's a movie, of course. And uh, but but I I don't know. I guess it was the the fact that they were childhood friends and then ended up at the end of the movie. Uh, apologizing. Well, it's the same thing when they put Jolie in that Maleficent movie, and they had to make her a good character, and she was just misunderstood. And she really wasn't a villain, you know. I'm, I'm so yeah. I got to run. Yeah. Thank you so much for okay. holding. I'm sorry I was kind of a jerk uh-huh. about that. Okay. Thank you, but I, I'm a I'm a professional jerk, so it's okay. I, I'm just I, you know just tell the dance. The, the original Peter Pan story is fine, just the way it was. You know, nothing was wrong with it. But it's all about teaching us how to live better. Through digital animated, soon to be, you know, Disney classics. We'll take a break. 210 599 5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Hey, this is Scott Robbins, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. 21 minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA. Do some more phone calls here, then we'll talk about Lizzo and what a, what a Lizzo side lun- a sized lunch is. Some guy uh, in the NHL got in trouble for uh, making a Lizzo lunch reference. 
uh, being accused of fat shaming. Here's uh, Aaron. Aaron, how you doing? It's my uh, my high hey. buddy there. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote a haiku for Star Wars fans. <laughs> well, let me lay it on me, man. The first three weren't bad. Really goes downhill from there. <laughs> Beam down in red shirt. Beam down in a red shirt and you ain't beaming back, man. All right, Aaron, thank you, man. <laughs> right, go. That's the only thing, yeah, you didn't want to wear a red wear a red shirt in the old Star Trek show. Elvis. Marnet. Marnin, it's on your brain. I was saying for the separation of the church and the state, for the hospital and the church, like the church rents out the flower shop of space right. in a uh, unit and down there, well, just make the church unit number one. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why it's such, that's a good point. I just don't know why. Who, what is your life all about when this is your issue? This is what you're worried about. You're worried about candles in catholic churches in the cha- in the chapels of catholic churches it's crazy everybody's gotta have an angle everybody's gotta have a complaint it's I just guess. unbelievable i guess all right man i appreciate the call out. Unbelievable. All right, thank yeah. you. i mean that, i think that's where we are right now just everything is unbelievable and surreal and dark and weird uh so we got this guy am i i'm not, I'm, I'm sure i'm not saying his name right i don't obviously follow hockey uh pk saban yeah suban suban oh so it is it's you said frenchy yeah it's a little frenchy suban suban so he's talking about uh a a a a game between the panthers and the the toronto maple leaves eh? and this is for the stanley cup uh, and I guess the maple leaves didn't do so well and this guy who he's retired right he's on ESPN and he's talking about how, you know, what they need to do, that they weren't prepared or whatever. And he said, this is what he said, quote, maybe they need to pack a Lizzo-sized lunch. They weren't prepared, in my opinion. Well, everybody went nuts. How dare he fat shame Lizzo? Uh, and he went off on it. And, uh, oh, and he's a white guy. I thought he was a black guy. He's a white guy. Ooh, ooh. Oh, he is black? I'm looking at the picture of the wrong guy. Oh, the white guy must be a Canadian. (laughs) Is there all white guys? Oh, he is a black guy. Okay. Uh, And, you know, uh, gross comment by P.K. Subban. Uh, Subban took cheap shots all through his hockey career. Why did anyone think he'd stop after he retired? Uh, It's just, you know, he's fat shaming. He's awful. Uh, and and I you know, Lizzo's fat man. I mean, I look she look. I, I'm going to be fair. We talked about this earlier in the in, on the in the morning that I think I I'm, I'm not a fan of her music, but I my kid played some of her music. She's got a fantastic voice. And I looked her up, and I guess she she's a great flutist. You know, she can play the flute. It's beautiful. But she has made an issue out of her body size. Uh, you know, that's a part of her whole thing. And so, yeah, people are going to make Lizzo fat jokes, all right? You know why? Because she's she's fat. And it, 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 it's subjective in a sense that, well, you, whether you find it beautiful or not, either way, good. I don't care. I, I, I Fat is beautiful. I've, I've known some chicks over the years. I just said chicks who were, you know, and some dudes, frankly, who were uh, overweight. It had nothing to do with their physical attractiveness. 
But this idea that we we can't see or acknowledge what our own eyes are seeing and that we have to see something else to be properly woke or in line with whatever uh, people are supposed to say these days is what I get sick of. If you hadn't made an issue, if they hadn't made an issue out of this guy saying this, making this fat joke about Lizzo, nobody would have cared. You wouldn't have heard about it. People who don't watch hockey like me now know about it. And you see this a lot, that when somebody says something that people think is crummy or insulting, the reaction perpetrates the original statement more well beyond the shelf life of whatever was said in the first place. Because, you know, people got to show their outrage. I'm outraged over what this dude said about Lizzo being fat. And so I'm going to rant and rave about it and throwing it out there. You end up doing what? Well, now everybody knows what he said. A lot of people that wouldn't have even heard it. In other words, these things get much more energy and attention because uh, of the reaction rather than, you know, the actual insult or offense at saying it, if that makes sense. There's Michael Bolton. Oh, God. I saw this coming. I was uh, We have this midday show that's on when I'm doing the program. And uh, I, I was. It's called Sherry. It's the old uh, whatever Wendy old Wendy Williams show, and now she's doing it. And that's that is Michael Bolton. He's got bleach blonde hair. It's not long anymore. It's short. He's, I don't think it's blonde. It's gray. Is that no? It looks like it's platinum blonde. I mean, it's white. Boy, he's in his seventies. Is he in his seventies? Yeah. I had to act like I loved him for six years. For six years, I had to go on the radio every day mm-hmm. when I was in music radio, and Michael Bolton was huge in the early 90s. And, right. I mean, just had hit after hit. Yeah. I hated it. I thought his music sucked. I just wasn't a fan. Right. To me, it all sounded like he was going to the bathroom while he was singing. Like You know what I mean? Like he was a little clenched. Right. And, uh, a, little, a little too intense. <laughs> but he was a big hit. He was a hit, hit right. maker. Yeah. And uh, I guess he, I don't know if he's still doing it, or I guess he is. He's he looks good. Sure. He doesn't look bad for a guy his age. He looks better than I do. I just, I, I saw him appear, and I had this cringy, right. I, I was, it was 1990 all over again, right. and I'm back in Maryland. Well, you know, the problem that he had is the problem a lot of artists had at that point. Too much. Too much. There was just yeah. too much. Too he, much he of Michael would, Bolton. You were playing a new Michael yeah. Bolton song every other day. Because, you know, he's... Decent singer. Right. Oh, yeah. He's got a great voice. But, uh, you know, there was just a little too much. (laughs) A little too much Michael Well, once it got to the point of love is a wonderful thing, you know, that offended me lyrically. (laughs) I was like, like, okay, you're you're pumping them out on such a regular basis now that your latest effort is love is a wonderful thing. (laughs) How poetic, man. How insightful. Yeah, he had a big lawsuit. <laughs> there was an Isley Brothers song with that same title. Oh, that's same right. Title. He had to get sued for a lot of money. I forgot oh, about that, but he was making so much it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> 2105. Gary weathered the storm. Yeah. 2105995555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Anywhere, Anywhere, anytime. anytime. And it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, man. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's 1038. I'm Sean. The week is winding down. 
Um, I hadn't seen this. Uh, I, you know, uh, the the guy out of uh, Atlanta, Dion uh, Patterson, twenty four years of age, former uh, National Guardsman. Uh, I think he, I guess he was discharged in twenty twenty two, something like that. Young guy, you know, recently out of the milita- military. Uh, and I, I just, you know, after they got the guy, I, I just, I, which is how I'm kind of getting with a lot of these spree killing kind of things where I just, you know, I'm not, I don't do a lot of research on the follow-up because I, I just, you know, they're murderous weirdos. That's all they are to me. Murderous weirdos. And so you got this guy and I guess they interviewed his mom at the Daily Beast yesterday because Trey was talking about this, that she claimed it was messed up medication, um, uh, through the VA, in fact, the the exact quote was the damn VA gave him some messed up medication. And all he wanted was an Ativan. That's his mom. Um, and so and then she, I guess, at some point in the interview, she hung up. Now we talk about this a lot, and it's true that if you look at pretty much almost all of these mass shootings. And uh, I, I started calling them spree killings years and years ago because, it, it, you know, this, this business of it's always going to be about the gun and it comes down to gun laws and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's you can use a, a car. You can use a pressure cooker if you want to kill somebody or kill a whole bunch of people. But one thing you find is the common denominator, denominator with all these spree killers is that there's almost always some pharmacological connection. There's always some... Uh, and usually uh, uh, depression stuff, you know, mood enhancers, chemical inhibitors. There's almost always a prescription involved. Uh, now, I don't know what we don't know. We don't know two things. We don't know why. I don't believe at this point we know why he was let go from the from the Coast Guard. And we don't know uh, as far as what his mom's saying, uh, what medications he was on. She's just saying that I, he wanted an Ativan, and Ativan is an anxiety med. It, it actually was, I think, originally uh, for seizures and stuff and epilepsy. And uh, what they found is that it also helped people with anxiety. I've taken Ativan. After I had my heart attack, the first drug they gave me was Ativan. Does the trick. Mellows you out. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's. Hard. I don't know. Again, with this guy, but I would be interested to know what prescriptions he was on because, uh, and big pharma has learned this. Uh, they they that's why they fought so hard to be able to advertise on radio and TV back in the nineties. You couldn't do that before the Clinton administration, and then once big pharma could advertise, it just went nuts. And one of the things that they have been pushing uh, for a long time, obviously, are depression meds. Because I'm going to be totally honest with you, a lot of people self-diagnose with depression. A lot of people self-diagnose in general right now, and I think that's an affect of of, of all the advertising. Because we all want to feel better, you know, right? <laughs> we got something going on. But you do have a lot of self-diagnosis. The, the commercials almost, you know, tell you to go to a doctor and say, this is what you have and you need this. And when it comes to, you know, psych drugs, that's what I call, you know, basically you're 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 messing with the chemistry in someone's brain and all your brain is basically is water and electricity. Chemicals. Balanced, sometimes out of balance, but 
the drugs, what they do is they turn on one faucet for another faucet uh, and run the other faucet a little harder. And the, the idea is that if you could mess with the chemicals, the chemistry in somebody's brain, uh, you can make sure they're getting more of the stuff they need to be a little better about stuff and less of the stuff that they feel is causing the depression, whatever. It's, you know, I, I just, y- y- when you start messing with the chemistry of someone's brain, everybody's a little different and you really just never really know how it's going to affect any given person in the long run. And very often when it comes to these kinds of crimes, you see that either somebody was off their meds or the medication had been changed, the prescription or the the combination of drugs, because that's the other thing when it comes to psychotropics is that they're always in combination with some other drug. I, I saw an ad yesterday for a depression med well actually it wasn't a depression med it was a med a prescription to take in conjunction with a prescription depression medication have you seen that james where it's like well people who take this along with their whatever they're on is this the one where they drop things and they have this i told you about this one the ticks and stuff and they say hey you're gonna have problems with your mental meds right and then no, you can do this one, too. And then they list another litany uh, of all kinds of things that yeah, can go wrong. Your hands won't shake, but your intestines will drop out, you know, and your eyes will melt, I, you know. And, and, and we've become, Americans, we like quick solutions in the modern era. We, we You know, we're a pioneering bunch of people. We're innovative. We're creative. We're a lot of stuff. We used to be a lot more of that stuff than we are now. But we also, in our innovation, like things to be solved, right? People love the idea, and I'm not not separating myself out here. People love the idea that I can take a pill and all my problems go away. And especially when it comes to things like depression, you know, the reasons are complex, uh, which means the, the solution is almost always a journey. And what happens with these drugs is you, the doctors, and I, I'm not dissing the doctors who prescribe this stuff. I think it's over. I think it's over prescribed. And I've been on just about every psychotic uh, or psychiatric depression drug there is. But because you don't know how every single person is going to react, what you do, what they do is they give them the drugs and then they wait and see what happens. Actually, a lot of medicine <laughs> and a lot of healthcare is just that. It's precisely that, is seeing how you respond to stuff. But it's a little dicier when it comes to the chemistry of your brain. Because, you know, one of the side effects could be you go freaking psychotic. Well, okay, I guess we'll pull back on that one. So, I, I again, I don't know to what to what extent it played a role in this guy yesterday. Uh, we're not hearing that he had any personal connection with anybody. It was like some kind of an emergency room, I believe, and he was just shooting at people. If you it just, if all you wanted was an Ativan, it seems to me you'd go up to the counter there, point the gun at the person who's uh, di- handing out the pills, and say, "Give me an Ativan." I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but I certainly focusing on the weapon of choice rather than what you know chemicals were coursing through anybody's skull at the time they committed these crimes 
is is probably a better way to go. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I am so happy to talk with you guys. News Talk made for you. We, we need everything that you are doing. KTSA. KTSA. We need you more now than ever. Stay connected. <laughs> a great scene. News Talk 550 KTSA. I that was I, the first Star Wars movie was great. I mean, when they when they walked into that saloon and the bartender looks at the robots and goes, "Hey, we don't serve your kind here." I mean, you know, it was like an old western, baby. It was just beautiful. The first movie was great. I, I've been looking at my Facebook memories, and now I feel bad because I've been a real jerk about Star Wars for about 10 years. And I don't care. I mean, if, if I, one of my fondest memories was Star... My dad took me to see The Empire Strikes Back. My, I mean, I, th- back then, it was great. Nobody had ever seen anything like that No, before, it was... Oh, it blew minds, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the people who made the movie, the special effects guy, it's interesting to see them be interviewed now because they're like... We went to see the because we 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 did all the work with these models. Yeah, but we really didn't conceive of what it was all was all going to look like when it was over. And they said we sat in the theater going, "Did we do this?" <laughs> because it is that opening scene of the very first movie. Yeah. You know, you'd never seen anything like that. Not it was the all. weight and the vastness and the size, and you yeah. felt it. It felt like a massive spaceship. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was cool, and, you know, we collected the cards. James, did you ever have any of the, like, the toys and stuff? I still have my original Chewbacca. Oh, no. Oh, God, that's worth money. I've got my... I'm going to uh, break into your house. Original what? six Star Wars comic Do books. Do you? I've got my original poster hanging in oh, my bedroom. Mine fell apart. And I've got my lunchbox. Oh, so yeah, I've kept everything. I, I wish I had. I oh lost my a few. God. Dust, lost a few, like a Luke Skywalker, and I right. had a, a Darth Vader, and I lost them. Well, when it first came out, they they had the little action figures, and you could only get, I think, like four. There was a stormtrooper. There was Luke, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, and was it R two D two? I think, or there's one more. And you could pre-order them because I remember my mom. I, I found the coupon in a comic book. And my mom sent it in, and I got, you know, they came in the mail. It was before they were in stores. I wish I still had those. My, um, pa- my parents got the poster framed for me. Did they? After I had my colon surgery like you. Uh, that was my gift for being a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, great. I'm like 48 years old, and they're like. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, we all remember that time again. You know, I, I, I wasn't a fan of, like, the stuff that happened after, really, basically after Return of the Jedi, I was, like, done. I don't like all of the yeah, movies either. But the the first three, I mean, especially when Empire came out and we it was getting ready to come out. Oh my God, everybody was cr- going crazy. Yeah, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype. Uh, people stood in line for uh, you know like a concert they, for a day and a half, two days to get tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Star Wars. I, I, I've told this story a thousand times on the air that. Uh, when it was it, it ran for like a year i mean it was in theaters for like a year which back then was unheard of right uh and my dad's office uh was right across the street from the movie theater we lived in iowa uh and and every weekend he would go in to work on saturdays and he would drop my 10 year old ass off at the movie theater and i would go in and see the movie i'd go to the first showing 
So I probably saw Star Wars a hundred times. Uh, and it was it was our Wizard of Oz. It was just it was a that first movie really was, in a sense, a cultural watershed moment in our and it was our zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> zeitgeist. Star Wars was the zeitgeist oh of Generation X as kids, you know. But I I always was a Star Trek fan. I I, I you know grew up watching the old series and. Um, just always love the series. Hey, you know what? Here, here's a dealio. Though I talk a lot of crap, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> if you can find some joy in this world watching Star Wars movies and going right. to Comic-Con, then it's God bless harm- you. Har- it's harmless it's, fun. Yeah, you, you know. know it, 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 your Thank God we live in a country where we can do that. Yes, kind of you know, your hobby's not painting swastikas on your forehead and goose-stepping. It's going to see a Star Wars movie or Star Trek if Star Trek makes... Baby, if the three freaking stooges make you happy and put a smile on your face, God bless you. There was a time, it was a few years back, I was at a comic con here. Right. And there was a guy walking along, and he was dressed the Luke Skywalker, right. perhaps one of the characters, and he had a, a, a robot that he made. Wow. Um, and it, it it was pretty rudimentary. It was pretty basic, but it was like this remote controlled thing that he had. That he right. And he, I was helping with the first aid booth, and he wow. came by and said, "You know, can you help me with this?" And I said, "Well, I don't know how to do first aid on a robot, <laughs> um, but I'm I'll not do, a I'll, mechanic. I'll do the best I I'm can. Just a country I'm, doctor. I'm not Mister Goodwrench here. I hand out <laughs> band aids and aspirin. Um, but I, I'm watching him walk away, and and, and there was." This voice inside my head saying, you could only wish to be as happy as that guy is Well, right yeah. Now. You know, I mean, so what, people make fun of, like, uh, uh, cosplayers and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, you know what? They're living life, baby. Oh, they're having fun. <laughs> they're living they're life, time. man. And this yeah. is what they're into, so God bless if them, If it's man. not for you, it's not for you. Right. You so know, don't, but I'm, these I'm, people are happy. I'm just being a, a, a jerk on the air and just having fun with it. I, but, you know, again, it, what, if it makes you happy, that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. I will say it's funny to watch Harrison Ford, though. I would mentioned the contract thing about the new movies. There's a video you can see. It's on YouTube. Because <laughs> apparently he just got, he was so sick of Star Wars and Han Solo and all that, that he was on some show and they have some guy on who's a fan who made a replica of the millennial, Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this, James? No. It's perfect. And it was it was an art piece, and and the, and the, the the I forget who it was, Kimmel or who it was explaining that this is worth like two thousand dollars, and this guy just wanted you to see it because you played Han Solo, <laughs> and they must have set it up because Harrison Ford tries to take it and he destroys it, he just <laughs> and he just breaks it into a million pieces. And, he, and at some point, he's, like, stomping on it, and he's got that Harrison Ford snarl going, you know, and he's, right. and he just stomps the thing, and the guy who made it is just standing there looking at him like he's going to cry. <laughs> it's a great video. Just look up, you know, Harrison okay. Ford destroys Millennium, Millennium Falcon. But at the end of the day, the guy was like, well, what do I care? Han Solo just destroyed my Millennium Falcon. It's still cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I just looked up the prices of the comic books. Oh my God! I wish I had mine. Nine hundred and sixty bucks, mint oh. condition, for one comic book. I pawned mine after I got divorced. Oh damn! I it. kept all my Spider Mans, and I got I sold all the others. I had about five copies of the original Star Wars comic. I I still have all my my, my I gave all my trading cards to my daughter. Yeah, she's got the. Goods. I gave half to one daughter and half to the other. They're original. I have the first three series. 
So, yeah, I'm talking crap, and I'm on the air talking smack about Star Wars, okay? I had Yoda jammies. All right. Thank you, James. Dork! Thank you, James. Nerd alert! Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. Oh, I'll do.